Good evening, everybody. It is great to be here tonight, and I, I want to welcome you here. I want to welcome all of our Coleman uh, campus family, all of our Fairview campus family. Uh, thank you for being here tonight and joining in with us for the Wednesday night Bible study. It's going to be a little different than normal, uh, but it's, it's going to be something I pray that will be an enjoyment to you and an encouragement to uh, we've kind of felt like in the Christmas spirit today, so we wanted to do kind of a, uh, as we said earlier, a pre-service Christmas service. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to uh, Isaiah chapter number 9, Isaiah chapter number 9, and we're going to look at an Old Testament prophecy about the Lord Jesus' birth, and then we're going to look at a New Testament fulfillment. We're going to be in the book of Philippians for just a little bit and kind of put them two together and share with what God's doing. Uh, it is such a thrill to be able to talk about our Lord and talk about our Savior. And uh, so let's do that. But before we begin, don't forget that you know the routine. Uh, if you are watching by way of social media, if you could do two things for me. If you could reach down there and hit the share button and uh, let's let's let as many people see this as possible and get as many people in on this service as possible. So if you'll reach down there and hit that share button, if you're watching by way of Facebook and uh, and also just type in the comment section, type in your name and where you're watching from. And that'll let me know uh, who's who's uh, watching with us and, and where you're coming from. We've got people in other states that watch. And uh, join with us. We've got them uh, from out west. We've got them in Florida, uh, Ohio, uh, several different places. So if you'll do that, that encourages me. Uh, and, and being in this big old building all by myself, it really helps me. So if you don't mind, if you would just state your name, comment in that section, put your name there and uh, where you're watching from, that'll be a great blessing. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's we're going to we're going to just kind of go through the the Christmas story, if you will, uh, starting with the Old Testament and then uh, tying it in, tying it in with the New Testament. So if you'll grab your Bible, if you'll grab your Bible and turn with me to Isaiah chapter number nine, and we'll, we'll begin reading in verse number six, Isaiah chapter number nine and verse number six. And we're going to have a little music tonight uh, mixed in with, with uh, the, the Bible reading. Uh, so, so I hope you enjoy it. And you'll pray that God will touch us tonight, all right? Isaiah chapter number 9 and verse number 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with the judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now that's the Old Testament prophecy. Now let me show you the New Testament reality. Uh, the Old Testament said this is going to happen. And the New Testament said this has happened. Uh, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5 it says let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let me say that again. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray this evening. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the blessing of having the scriptures to read and to study and to learn from and to grow from. Lord, I pray right now for your divine touch. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll guide our hearts and our minds. And I pray that you'll lift up the broken. I pray that you'll encourage the discouraged. I pray that you'll challenge and convict the backslidden tonight, Lord. I pray your perfect will be done. Lord, we love you tonight and we're so thankful that we will be able to celebrate your arrival on this planet. When God became flesh and dwelt among us, Lord, I praise your holy name. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our worship. You're worthy of our sacrifice and our time. Lord, we praise you and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, let's go back to the Old Testament. The Bible says in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. We're going to take those three and split them up tonight and talk about for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Three different sections of the Lord Jesus's life. Really, this is a prophecy that is about two thirds fulfilled, two thirds fulfilled. And you'll see what I mean in just a minute. But first, we're going to look at for unto us, a child is born, not just any child. There's been millions and millions and millions of babies that's been born on this planet. But none has ever been born like this baby. None. No other baby has ever arrived like this baby and no other baby ever did what this baby did. So I want you to think for unto us, a child is born. A child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthem sweet, while shepherds watch our Yeah. 
Now you can imagine, this is the birth of a king. This is the birth of God's son. A royal, a royal baby. But you know, when you look at the scriptures, it didn't, it didn't seem like it was a royal birth. He came and he was not born in the, in the greatest hospital. He was not born in silk sheets. He was born in a manger. They couldn't find any room in the end, and so they resorted to a cattle trough, if you will. And we find in this first, in this first part of this verse, for unto us a child is born. We see he came and he arrived, and we see Christ in his cradle. And you say, what's so significant about this? You see, his, his arrival, his birth, was kind of a reflection of his life. You see, he didn't live as a king. He didn't live as a, a royal person on this earth. He, he lived humbly. He came as a servant. You know, even Isaiah 53 says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid as our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. You see, he wasn't attractive. He wasn't, he wasn't a man of reputation. Even, even Philippians said that he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. If you see the life of Jesus, you see the life of a servant. You see the life of someone who lived humbly. They came to follow Jesus and they wanted to be with him. And he turned and told them the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the son of man had nowhere to lay his head. He didn't own anything. He didn't buy. He didn't invest. He didn't rule and reign as an earthly king would. He walked everywhere he went and he, and he humbly served. He humbly worked as a carpenter in the early parts of his life. And then in his ministry, He would heal and he would touch and he would encourage and he would bless. And he was constantly, constantly humbling himself to serve those around him. At one point, his disciples, they just wasn't getting it. You know, they were their their uh, aspirations and and expectations of who he was and what they would be with him. did just just didn't match what he was trying to teach them. They were wanting to know who was going to be the greatest, who was going to sit on what side of the throne with him. And, and the night before his arrest, he, he got down and he took off his outer garment, put a towel around him and began to wash their feet. He washed their feet as a common slave would. He washed their feet as a servant would. And he said, do you see what I've done unto you? He said, do that to each other. Serve one another. It's not who serves you, it's who you get to serve. And matter of fact, he said the secret to happiness and joy is going to come from that. So we can, we can learn a lot from his birth. It doesn't make sense that a king would be born in a trough. It doesn't make logical sense that the, the son of God, God in flesh would come in such a humble way. But throughout all his life, he served. Throughout all his life, he was humble. Throughout all his life, he did the will of the Father. Listen, I want you to know when when he was born, the first announcement that was made was not to the high priest. 
I mean, I mean, think about this. God's son, God's son, the Messiah, he was sending his son. And you would have thought that the first announcement would be to the religious hierarchy or, or to the great religious rulers or even the, uh, the great king, uh, the people who were uh, on the throne and ruling at that time. But it wasn't. The first announcement went to a group of shepherds, the lowliest job, the lowliest profession that there was. God condescended to the humble and he sent his birth announcement to the lowly shepherds. He told them, the Bible says in Luke, I believe it's chapter number two. He said, and they were shepherds in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And an angel said, fear not, fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. Listen, I've got good news, ladies and gentlemen. A baby was born. A baby was born, not just any baby, but the greatest baby that's ever walked this planet. A baby who was God, man, God in the flesh. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And if you skip on down a few verses in that first chapter, you'll find the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. We beheld his glory. God became man. You know, another significant thing about his birth. Why did he have to be born? Why did, why was it so necessary for God to become flesh? You see, if you go back to the very beginning in the garden, you'll find out that man sinned. Man rebelled against God, disobeyed God. And the penalty for sin is death. The penalty for sin is death. And if a man sinned, it required a man to pay the penalty. But you see, God loved us so much. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his son and his son had to become a man. His son had to take on flesh because it was required if a man sinned, a man had to pay the debt. So God himself came and became that sacrifice, became that man and took upon all the sins of the world upon himself to pay that debt. Truly that night a baby was born, but not just any baby. And here's the thing. If you only talk about the baby, if you only talk about the manger in the Christmas story, you've totally missed the point because the whole purpose of the baby coming is so that he could take our sin, my sin, your sin, so he could pay the price. And you see, that's where the next part of that verse comes in. We know that that, that evening that a baby was born. But according to this verse, not only was a baby born, but we see a son was given. A son was given. And that's where we're going to talk about Christ and his cross. In the first part, A child is born. That's Christ in his cradle. But then we see a son is given. That's Christ in his cross.
It's not just about the manger where the baby lay. It's not all about the angels who sang for him that day. It's not all about the shepherds on the bright and shining star. It's not all about the wise men who traveled from afar. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the cross. about the good things in this life I've done. It's not all about the treasures or the trophies that I've won. It's not about the righteousness that I find within. It's all about His precious blood a son is given. Unto us a son is given. You see, it's really not about the cradle. It's about the cross. Jesus came and he healed blinded eyes. He, he healed lame legs. He 
He touched the deaf and they could hear. He touched the mute and they could speak. He raised the dead. He fed hungry people. He calmed people in storms and he preached unbelievable messages and taught unbelievable lessons. But all of those things was not his primary purpose. His primary purpose was stated by John Baptist uh, there at the Jordan when he said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. You see, truly a son was given. Was given. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. God sent his son to die in your place, in my place. He didn't just die for us. He died instead of us. He gave the greatest gift that's ever been given. You know, in a few days we will we will sit around a living room. Many people will. Some won't, but many, many people will sit around and they'll give gifts to each other. They'll give gifts to people that they love. But you know what? The greatest gift that's ever been given was not given under a tree. It was given on a tree. God gave, according to scripture, it's called the unspeakable gift. Greater loveth no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. God showed his love to us in the gift that he gave for us. It says in the book of Romans, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The word commendeth means to put on display. God didn't just tell you he loved you. God didn't just let his word speak. He let his actions speak. He didn't just tell you he loved you. He showed you he loved you. He loved you enough to give his son For unto us a son is given. Truly unto us a son is given. In Philippians, the fulfillment of what we read in the prophecy of Isaiah 9. The Bible says that that this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And he was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, now, now what does that mean? That means that, that Christ was in the, in the, the glory. He, he, he was in the presence of his father and he took upon him. He didn't selfishly hold on to that, but he laid aside, he laid aside the, 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 the parts of deity so he could take on human flesh. He humbled himself. The creature, excuse me, the creator became the creature. And he willingly, he willingly humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Why? Why? Because he loves you. He took your place. Greater loveth no man than this. And a man laid down his life for his friends. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And by the way, I don't understand how how God could send his son or give up his son for bad people. Guess what? We're all bad. There are none righteous, no, not one. There are none good. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But he loved you enough to send his son. He sent his son to die. He sent his son to die. He knew what his purpose would be. 
He said, for this cause came I into the world. For this reason was I born. The cross was his destiny. The cross was his purpose. The cross is why he came. Listen, we sing, we sing about an old rugged cross. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a song that's special to many Christians' lives. You grew up in an, uh, a traditional church and uh, old-fashioned uh, hymnal singing church. We sung that song, the old rugged cross. And man, it was so precious. It's so precious that we, as, as we imagine and we see the suffering, as we see the difficulty. You know, that cross represents sacrifice. It rec- represents surrender. I can't help but think about Jesus in the garden. Jesus praying under such agony and such pressure that his sweat became as great drops of blood. And he was praying to his father and he said, Father, I know all things are possible with thee. I know you can do anything. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. If it be thy will, let there be some other way. Let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. In the greatest agony, in the greatest darkness of Jesus's life, he's surrendering to the will of the Father. He's surrendering to the will of the Father to take on my sin and your sin, my blackness and your blackness, my disobedience and your disobedience, my failure and your failure, every sin of the world, every wicked, abominable, every disgusting act of humanity he took upon himself. Listen, he carried the weight of all the sins of humanity. When he surrendered in that garden, he drank the bitter cup of sin and took upon him. And he who knew no sin became sin that we might be free and made righteousness in him. Listen, a baby truly was born, but that's just part of the story. You see, when that baby was born, a son was given. Not just any son, but God's only begotten son. The son that he was well pleased with. The son who he did not hold back, but he willingly gave so you could be free. You could be forgiven. You could be saved. He gave up his son so that every sin that you've ever committed, every disobedient act could be washed white as snow. Everything, every rebellious thought, every rebellious act could be forgiven. Not because of your good deeds, not because of your goodness, not because of anything good you've done. What does the Bible say? For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself. Watch this now. Watch this. It is the gift of God. The gift of God. The greatest gift that was ever given was not under a tree, but was on a tree. A gift so we could be forgiven. You see, in that night, a baby truly was born, but a son was given. And if we just look at the cross, we're still not getting the whole story. Yes, yes, Jesus did take upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. 
And yes, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But let me let me finish. It says unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And it says there will be no end to his rule and his reign and his peace. So here's what we find in this chapter. We find Christ in his cradle unto us. A child is born. We find Christ in his cross unto us. A son is given, but then we find Christ in his crown and the government shall be upon his shoulder. You know what it says in Philippians? Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, he's king. He's king. He's going to wear a crown. You remember what I said? This prophecy that we find in Isaiah chapter number number nine is two thirds fulfilled. The, The baby was born. The son was given. The cross took place. But one day. Jesus is coming back and he's not coming. He's not coming humbly like he did the first time. He's not coming in a manger like he did the first time. He's not coming poor with no place to lay his head, but he's coming as king of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming as a conqueror. He's he came the first time as a lamb, but he's coming the second time as a lion and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to Jesus Christ, the king.
unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Philippians 2, 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Revelation chapter 4 verse 10. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne. And worship him that liveth forever and ever. And cast their crowns before the throne saying. Thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And all things were created for thy pleasure. They are and were created. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9. And they sung a new song. Saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that in them are heard I sing. Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. And for be said, amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying this. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Listen. We know, we know that things look bad right now. We, we know that. We know that things on this earth is in a dark, dark place. We know there's a pandemic. We know there's a plague. We know there's sicknesses. We know there is deception. We know there's wickedness in political places. We know that this world is a dark place. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. It's not over yet. I want you to know this world is not our home. We're just passing through. I want you to know that the king is on the throne and one day he's coming back to this earth. You remember I said two thirds fulfilled this this representation of the government being upon his shoulder is when he returns to this earth in Revelation 19. The Bible says he's going to come in the clouds and he's going to step foot on this earth. He's going to walk into the city of Jerusalem and he's going to take the throne of his father, David, and he's going to rule this whole entire world from Jerusalem and his rule will be called wonderful. His rule will be called great. He will be called the Prince of Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, we serve the king. We serve and we bow and we worship the king. There's just a little prelude to that worship in Revelation chapter number four. 
You see, it shows the scene in heaven around the throne and around the Lord Jesus and around the lamb. It says worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy is the lamb. Why? Why why were they singing? Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy. Well, in Revelation 4, 11, it says you're worthy because you've made everything. You're the creator. You spoke this world into existence. We are the clay. He is the potter. He's the creator. We're the creature. You're worthy because you made us. That's what the, that's what the song is being sung. You're worthy because you're the creator. You have created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. You're worthy because you made us. But if you'll skip down into chapter number five, and as they're worshiping, and as they're bringing glory and honor to the king, the the Bible says they sing a new song. That new song is different than the old song. The old song is you're worthy because you made us. But that new song says thou art worthy for thou hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every nation, kindred and tongue. Every person on the planet that will be born again, that will know Jesus as their savior. They will be able to sing. I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine. We'll sing a new song, a song of redemption. Surely every person should praise him. Every single creature on this planet should give him glory and give him praise and give him honor simply because he made you. But those of you who have been saved, those of you who know what it feels like to be forgiven, that knows what it feels like to have God touch you and forgive you and change you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you're who I'm talking to and you know the power of Christ and you know the forgiveness of God, you should be shouting right now. You should be giving him glory right now. You should be giving him praise right now because he's worthy, not just because he made you, but because he saved you, because he changed changed your life. He did what the psalmist said. He heard my cry and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my foot on a rock and established my goings and put a new song in my mouth. Somebody say amen right where you are. I hope you're hearing me tonight. Man, we need to give him glory. We need to give him praise. We need to do what the shepherds were doing that night. Glorifying God. We need to do what the angels were doing that night. Bringing glory and honor and praise to our father in heaven. He's worthy of our praise. Man, I hope you tonight... I hope you will just take a, just a, just a few moments right where you are and forget about all your problems. Forget about the pandemic. Forget about the vaccine. Forget about what's taking place on the outside. Forget about the election. Forget about the politics. Forget about the people that's on the outs with you. Forget about the people you have grudges against and just stop for a moment and clear off a little spot of place of time where you can just stay one, just a few moments and say, God, Thank you for saving me. God, thank you for forgiving me. God, thank you for seeing potential in me when nobody else did. Thank you for looking beyond my fault and seeing my need. Thank you for bringing me to you when I couldn't get to you. Thank you for coming and looking for me. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for a promise of heaven. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for the provision that you give me every single week. Thank you for the family you've given me. Thank you for the church you've given me. Give him praise and glory and honor because he's worthy of our praise. 
He's worthy of it all. You say, what are you getting into all this for? This is supposed to be the Christmas story. Yes, it is the Christmas story. He came so that you could be forgiven, so you could be redeemed, so that you could bring glory to him. All things were created for thy pleasure. They are and were created. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. He saved you so you would bring him glory. Look at, look at the story. Look, look, at, look at Luke chapter number two. Go read it. What happened? They gave this announcement. The angel said, glory to God in the highest. The joy came. We've got a message of joy. Good news of great joy. What should be to all people? And what happened? They started praising. They started glorifying him. What happened when the shepherds went and seen Jesus? They left glorifying God. This is the whole point. This is the whole point. This, this, this world needs to see God's people glorifying him and praising him. Even in a pandemic, even when it's not going right, even when it's bad, glorify him anyway, praise him anyway. And you'll be amazed at what God will do for you in your life. You'll be amazed at what God will do for those you've been trying to witness to. Listen, praise him because he's worthy. Praise him because he's king. Praise him because I'm telling you, the scriptures say one day every knee will bow. Every single tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every false religion, every cult, every atheist, every single person will bow their knee before the Lord Jesus Christ and declare that he is Lord. He is Lord. So in this Christmas season, praise him. In this Christmas season, give him glory, give him honor, give him blessing. I'm telling you, I, this is just on me because in our in our 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 our, our studies and devotions this week, it has been standing out more than anything how much he deserves our praise and how we should be giving him glory and honor in our life. So if you will do this, this will be the invitation. This will be the invitation. Just stop whatever you're doing. Just stop whatever you're doing and spend just a couple moments. Just just sit in quiet for just a second and think about the things that God's done for you. Think about the areas that God has blessed you and just start naming them and start praising him and start thanking him. Thank him for everything he's done for you. And when you're through, when you're through, say, God, I want to give you my all. Lord, you've given everything to me and I praise you and I honor you. Now, Lord, let me give back to you and you surrender to him because the Bible says in the verses we read, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus humbly submitted himself and surrendered to become a man, not just to become a man, to become a servant, not just to become a servant, to become a sacrifice. He was willing to be obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, here's what Jesus wants. Jesus died for you. Now, listen, Jesus died for you. Will you live for him? Jesus died for you. Will you live for him? You say, where are you getting that from? It's biblical. It's biblical. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know what that means? Every day of your life, surrender to him. 
Every day of your life, say, Lord, I want to live for you today. Lord, I want to surrender my life. I want to surrender my dreams. I, I want to surrender my desires and hopes to you. Let me live for you. So do that today. First, like I said, this is the invitation. First, I want you to I want you to just start praising him. Just spend a little time thanking him, praising him, appreciating and adoring him for what he's done for you. And then I want you to say, Lord, because of all those things, I want to surrender to you in every area of my life. I want to surrender and become like Jesus. I want to be a servant like Jesus. I I want to I want to follow you and I want to do your will. And I promise you, you'd be amazed at how things will pick up in your life. So I'm going to pray. And after I pray, we're going to dismiss. And, And listen, I'm going to be praying for you. You pray for us and the staff. And, and, and one day at a time, one day at a time, we're going to see, we're going to see how God can prosper his children in the midst of a pandemic. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so thankful and grateful for your love and your mercy. I'm so grateful for the privilege to serve you. And Lord, you have been so good to me and so good to the staff and this church and your people. Lord, I am so appreciative of all that you do for us. God, I love you with all my heart and I'm thankful for all that you've done. Lord, I pray that you will bless those that are watching right now. I pray that they will start thinking of all the things that, Lord, they need to be thankful for. I pray that you'll remind them of your blessings, remind them of your goodness, remind them of your provision. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for that. And Lord, we want to we don't want to dismiss without asking for your your mercy and asking for your strength for the families Lord, we have a funeral this Friday of a dear, dear saint of God, a member of our church has died of COVID. Lord, I pray that you'll be with the Cone family. Just touch them and strengthen them. Lord, we've got many others that's sick and in just a bad way. Lord, please touch these families, strengthen them. Lord, touch our officials, touch, touch the other pastors in town. Lord, I pray that, that Lord, that you'll be with our, our hospital workers and the nurses and the doctors and Lord, all of those that are on the front line of this horrible, horrible pandemic. God, I pray in Jesus name, Lord, that you will move, strengthen, bless and help. And God will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. We will see you this coming Sunday online. Uh, Invite somebody to come do a watch party. And uh, we're going to have a great, great Christmas service this coming Sunday. Don't miss it. Everybody out there at Fairview, we love you guys. And, and we're praying for you. Uh, Miss Jennifer, we're praying for you and praying that, that you'll heal up quick from the COVID. You just, you just hang in there. And everybody else has got it. We've got a huge list. And, and so we're praying for you guys. And if we can do anything to help you, please let the church office know. And, uh, and, and one day at a time, we're going to get through this, okay? Love you, and I'm praying for you. Please pray for us and the staff. You take care.